You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher discuss how Cher is doing after processing the story she brought last week to our listeners. Listen in as Candace and Cher also talk about what our relationship to the mirror involves and how shame from being abused complicates how we feel about our bodies. Hey, Cher. Hey, Candace. Good to see you. Good to see you. And let's just go ahead and name that this is take three. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes things don't go quite the way we think they're going to when we start an episode, but there's fun in that too. Oh yeah, for sure. It's really good to be with you again and talk about what we started talking about in our last episode, which is the subject of body hatred and the relationships that we have with our body. Before we really dive into this week, I want to just name a few things. One, in our discussions and our processing off of the podcast episode, we're talking about the idea of balance and seeing things as rightly as we can, right? In a way that brings healing and flourishing and goodness to our bodies, to our souls, to our spirits. We recognize that there's so many complexities when we talk about the relationship that we have with our bodies. And then I also want to just ask you, after sharing with so much vulnerability last week about the relationship that you've had with your body and body hatred, how you're feeling about what you shared last week. Yeah, thanks. I I know we both listened to that podcast a few times between when we recorded it and today. And for me, the first time I, I listened to it, I wasn't sure. I, I, I did feel the vulnerability of naming the things that I named and talk about them with openness that I, I don't talk about my body really very much. I don't remember ever through my life, even 30 years of pretty intentional healing work of of having real open honest conversations about the ways that I have felt about my body I felt a lot of vulnerability then I listened to it a second time and I and I felt like yeah it's it's important and it's good and I I hope that it will be helpful to some and then the third time after I watched it, I, I just really felt the, the, the deep sense of, I don't want others to have to feel so alone in this yeah. journey, like, like I have felt and like we have felt and probably like every woman has felt at some point in their lives of struggling with our body and how we feel about our body and struggles that we have with our body and that that can sometimes surprisingly enough, really, I I mean, I don't know that I've ever said this before or thought about it, but that has also been a very, very lonely part of the journey. And we don't talk about it. And I just feel like there is a really big need for us to, to be talking about this. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Thank you for sharing that. I listened to it several times too. And each time I listened to it, I was just aware of the courage and the vulnerability that you showed up in to name some of the things that you experienced, you know, growing up and how you Mm -hmm. saw your body and how you felt and 
just the day that, you know, I just want to tell the listeners, they're going to have to go back and listen if they haven't listened to that, the courage that you showed up in to share what it was like when you first noticed how you felt about your body. Yeah. And, and how we've said this many times that we process our trauma out loud off the screen, but when we come on to the screen, we're not, we're not following a script and we're doing a lot of processing here too. And that memory that popped up for me last week about seeing the photo kind of surprised me. It's not something that I've thought about or talked about or, or, or felt some level of significance about even. But after I listened to our playback a couple of times, and then we are starting a new story group this week, and I volunteered. This was before we did our recording. So I I had volunteered to share my story and share a story. And as I started to contemplate what story I should share or work on or write, that story about the photo kept coming to my mind. And I wasn't sure I had enough substance, like there's not, what is there to say, you know, but as I decided, okay, I'm going to listen to my body, my body is telling me write this story. And so I I started and I will just say that I wept so many tears as I worked on that story. And some very, very meaningful things have come forward for me just through that process. And I'm grateful that we're processing our trauma out loud here too. And that when things come up and then as we tune in, we can take them further and uncover more. And I I feel grateful for just the way that all of this has kind of unfolded for me. I look forward to not only being with you Friday as you read that story and we'll even share more details. I'm also looking forward to the care that I know you're going to receive yeah. in ways that you're maybe just discovering you still need care mm-hmm. and, and that we have a community where we understand that the healing journey is just that it's a journey. Yeah. It's a process. And I love the way you are saying that when we bring a story It's really about slowing down and letting that story come to you. Yeah. It's not about striving and, you know, grinding to come up with a story. Yeah. It's about, it's really about listening. Yeah, very much so. And that's what I did. I just wrote a few words and listened and wrote a few words and listened and I think even as you and I talked before we hit the record button, just about how significant it is for me that we are having this conversation and how I feel such a heaviness really in a burden that our bodies, which is such an important part of our life and our world and our time and our energy in in caring for our body and being healthy or dealing with times when we don't feel healthy, whatever the case may be. But how in my more than 60 years of life, it has not been something that has been talked about. And Mm -hmm. in more than 30 years of walking toward healing, 
it has not been something that has talked about. And I'm just saying here today, it's something that I have needed to be able to talk about and that you and I being able to have these conversations is, I feel like it's just opening another, or I'll say this, it feels like it's another threshold that I'm walking through that is is just, I, I don't know. I don't know yet what's on the other side, but I, I feel like there's light there and I'm mm. so grateful. Yeah. And I, I see the pain that you're still carrying and I hear the hope that you know that if this is what's coming up for you, that there is going to be more healing. Yeah. There, there's going to be meaning and purpose and slowing down and getting curious about the goodness, right? That will come from you healing these body hatred wounds. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say it, I think I feel frustrated at times when it it's like, shouldn't I be further down the path? Mm. Well, I don't even think it's about that. Because you are entrusting this journey to not be something you make happen, but really lead you. Yeah. It seems like there's more rest and just knowing that you're on a good path, even though it's painful. Yeah. And it's this path is twisty turny, right? We don't know. <laughs> we don't know what's around the bend. Yes. And, lots of hills and valleys and <laughs> yeah. And, and shadow, a lot of shadows. And we're typically afraid of shadows. I'm an artist now. <laughs> yes, you are. Well, you've always been one, but it's, it's coming out. I will say that word. I'm, I'm starting to try to own calling myself. I'm an artist because I do art, not because I've sold paintings, but I do art and I am finding so much healing that comes through my engaging my body in this process of watercolor painting. But I've noticed how, what a difficult time I have with shadows. I do, I do not like to paint darks in my paintings. A lot of my paintings are lights and mediums, but not darks. And yet a good painting has to have darks. There has to be contrast. And our lives are full of that contrast, full of lights, full of mediums, and full of darks. And yet we tend to not like the darks that much. We we want to stay away. We want to avoid. And so here's the twisty turny path that I, you know, last week when we recorded, I walked around the bend and I found a shadow that I had not really seen before. And I don't feel afraid to go to look at it. I don't feel afraid to process it, to write a story, to listen to my good body with compassion to see what what need what do I need to see here that I haven't seen or see in a different way or what care do I need to bring? There's goodness. It's hard. The 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 twisty turny path is hard because there's sneaky shit. Things that show up that we weren't expecting, but 
Ah, how how good it is when we have Candace, when we have a friend to mm-hmm. walk with us. And I will say thank you, friend, mm-hmm. for not being afraid to engage this topic with me and to be able to bring it to the podcast, you know, to the world in a sense, and with hope that the words that we share will be something that can bring hope and healing for others too. Yeah. Because that is our heart to be able to be vulnerable about our own journeys in real time. And to also say that we're not doing this journey without hope. We're not doing this journey being alone. I want to name that it's the courage, like the, the, the longer you stay on this path, And you really start to believe that you're not alone, that you are loved, that you are seen, that you're going to be held and cared for. Your courage really gets stronger. Your vulnerability gets quieter. Yeah, because there is that. I I think of, and I'm just going to bring this, there's a passage in scripture, and I think it's Hebrews 4, that talks about Sabbath rest. There, There is a rest that begins to settle in your soul that gives you the courage to actually go into hard places. Yeah. Because you know you're held in a way that you've never known before. Yeah. And I think that we both know that, you know, kind of cycle of we go down into, you know, like winter, the winter seasons of that feel barren and harsh and and dead and you know and then we we experience spring and there's some newness and then we life emerges and there's restfulness in summer right and and then we start to get that sense of oh no here's fall <laughs> but that this is life these seasons and cycles of the 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 easy the good the growing the light the bright the goodness and then the some of the work in the trenches of looking at the hard stuff like body hatred well thank you for just sharing a little bit more of how you've processed last week and like i said you know just encourage listeners to go back and listen to that first episode so they'll understand more of not only what you shared but also what i shared about my journey a little bit i'm not going to apologize for this long introduction here because it wasn't just an introduction it it was processing our trauma out loud and also that we want to at least highlight another aspect to body hatred in in this form, what has your relationship been with looking in the mirror? And I'm going to turn it back to you. So I'm just going to say a few year words about this. We 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 started talking about this concept of what has your relationship been with the mirror and and looking at your body in the mirror. And just we had a really interesting conversation about where that where that can go. But yeah, I want to ask you, Candace. Can you just share a little bit about what your relationship has been like with the mirror? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a hard question for me because I want to say I don't know. I will tell you that as I was running on the treadmill this morning and I'm kind of preparing for this conversation, I thought, you know, there, there was a day that women didn't have mirrors. I'm like, it, it would be a big deal to have a mirror. 
Like we can go way back, right? Where there weren't mirrors. But then I, I think of some of the movies I've watched where the husband rides off on the horse to go 20 miles in town and he buys his wife a mirror, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so all of a sudden this household has a mirror. Yeah. And there there was a part of me that just thought, man, did we even really need the mirror? <laughs> yeah. Like, did we need the mirror? And and I don't know. It's an interesting question, right? And what I want to say is I look in the mirror every day. Yeah. I I look in the mirror because I have a part of me that I want to look quote acceptable in the way that I perceive as acceptable. Yeah. And so the the, the relationship with the mirror for me and and you know I'm just thinking of some of my friends right now and even my mom who I spent a lot of time looking in the mirror because of my hair. Like now I was an 80s girl. Yeah. And hair was a big deal. Yeah. But you know when I when I think of those years when I was just really coming into what I want to say is like trends, comparison, a lot of times attached to presenting myself in a way that would be pleasing, would get compliments and attention. And so, yeah, the mirror became really complicated for me during those years that, so, and I, and I named this on our previous episode. So my body as a little, I did not feel that my body was my own. So I went from my body being used for somebody else's consumption, then coming into the understanding that my body learned to power up and had its own power. Yeah. And so that the mirror to me was almost a reflection of how powerful can I be? Mm. And I just said that for the first time ever. Yeah. And can you say more? Because this feels important. Yeah. We're lucky. Five, aren't we? <laughs> my story coach helped me name a few years ago, my ability to, I don't want to say ability, my response of using my body was about hungering for connection. And that processing that with her for quite a while, because I actually went through And I'll just, we won't go deep into this, but I'll just say I went through my sexual history. I had an assignment. Mm. And I remember when that was first brought to me, it felt like a tidal wave to my soul. Mm. And everything in me went, oh, hell no. Yeah. We are not going there. Yeah. And of course we went there. Yeah. <laughs> With that kindness. Yes. Oh, so much kindness and compassion. But that resistance that I felt was attached to years and years and years of a shame that ate me alive. Yeah, I I'm really feeling that. And thank you for naming that. And I I want to just ask if you can. Can you say more? like a shame that ain't you alive. That feels true and important and 
like a very, very impacting statement. Isn't our time up, Cher? (laughs) (laughs) We're going extra long because of that long introduction. (laughs) I'm deflecting. Yeah, yeah, I know. And I'm going to give you a minute to breathe because here's the thing is like, I'm not asking you to share anything that you don't feel comfortable sharing. I'm interested about the feelings of what it means to have shame eat you alive. I'm thinking of a book that I read years ago about shame. And this man said there's three ways that that we develop shame. And one of them is shame by association. It's nothing we've personally had done to us or we've done, but it's who we're connected to. Early on, you know, in my earliest years, there was a sense that my family was different. So there was a, there was a humiliation and a shame there. And I I actually have a story about the first time as a little girl, I stood in front of a lot of people and thought I am not like anybody else. Yeah. So that was shame. Mm -hmm. And then the other way is shame by what is done to you. Mm -hmm. The years of sexual abuse for more than one person and repeated sexual abuse. And not always involving sex, but involving the idea that my body was being consumed in some way for somebody else's consumption. And then also the shame that you feel when you are acting out in ways that is harshly judged, you know, and I've said this before, some of those behaviors, it's not that they don't need consequences, but before those behaviors to to be transformed, they need deep love, compassion, understanding, and really good eyes. Yeah. And so it, it feels like most of my story and most of my life, I did not know how I'm going to say, I didn't even know all the tentacles of shame and in the ways that they developed the ways that I added to it. And, and really the, the true healing path of dismantling that shame. Until I encountered really what we have both encountered in having story coaches, being in story groups, you know, even in the context of the idea that, you know, Cher, you and I are both women of faith. Mm. We have long histories of being in the church, of believing that God loves us, Mm. of believing the basic tenets of the faith. And yet, when it came to our bodies, we didn't have much to glean from or learn from in this context of trauma. Yeah, there were do's and there were don'ts, but there wasn't help for you if you acted out. There wasn't help for you if you hated your body in secret. There wasn't help if you were buried beneath loads of shame that drove a lot of your life and nobody even really noticed. Yeah, really important. And and this isn't just about shame. But then we almost hear these cliches like shame off you. Or, you know, and I even want to say there is no shame, you know, or I don't know, it's these cliches that in my prefrontal cortex are, are very logical. Hmm. But to see them translated into transformation 
And I know this isn't just my story anymore. Mm. I know many women, and you do too, of years and years and years of knowing that something was still off. There was something still missing. Yeah. Thankfully, we have not arrived at perfection or have it all figured out, but we are tasting what true healing is. Yeah. Yes. So good. I like this connection though, about when we're talking about body hatred, it seems that the topic of shame just has to be central, that we are not going to find ourselves in places of hating our body if we have not experienced harm in some ways that where the messages came that in in some way caused me to turn against my body or to agree with some voice of of evil against my my body and then believe that i have to live in a place of hiding who and what i am and and posturing up in some way to pretend and then perform. You know, in, initially, it's not even about vulnerability. It's about an awareness. Yeah. Like, how, how can you be vulnerable about, vulnerable about something that you're not even aware of yet? Mm-hmm. So we may be aware that we have these feelings and that we have these life struggles, but we're not aware of why they're there. Yeah. And and maybe what we did to cause them. Mm. When we start to understand that, I think this is Adam Young that I hear him say a lot, and I'm, I may not say it exactly the way he does, but there is a reason for all behaviors. Yeah. We can name the behavior, but naming the behavior does not transform the behavior. Yeah. It It is when we get into the origin stories of how we learned to cope and feel safe and feel protected, that real transformation can begin to happen. Yeah. And that real transformation comes as we go into the stories, look at the particularities, recognize the harm, move toward our young soul, who we were at that age, at that place in time, and then experience the care of people who can surround us mm-hmm. and help us understand what happened there in a, from a perspective different than we have encapsulated it. Mm-hmm. For, for all these years, mm-hmm. we have seen so many of our stories of, of harm as being our fault in some way. And when we see it as being our fault, we have to find ways to carry the blame, which is then going to translate into shame. And mm-hmm. since we're talking about body hatred, I will just say, and then so often leads into places of deep hatred toward our body. I want to just say, as we bring this session to a close, that we know that this is a heavy topic and a hard topic, but it's a worthy topic. And as we talked a lot before we pushed the record button, we talked a lot about the need for us to learn what it means to honor our good body. 
And I just want to leave our listeners with a question to ponder. And that is, how are you with honoring your good body? I encourage you to spend a little bit of time to evaluate where where does honor show up? And where does dishonor show up for you today in your stories too? But if you can look today at where you are, what do you say when you look in the mirror? What words, what phrases, what tone of voice, what names do you call yourself? Is there honor there or is there dishonor there? And if you find dishonor, can you begin also to go back into your stories and take a look at some of the places that harm entered and caused you to begin to speak a new narrative over your body or that in some way caused you to begin to go through life in a different kind of way. And we're going to come back next week where we are going to talk more about this topic. We know this is kind of a heavy place to leave it this week, but Candace, any thoughts before we, we wrap up here today? Nope. I don't think I have any more. Yeah. Just that it's always good to be with you in this space and, and let, you know, let our stories and let our voices hopefully and prayerfully bring curiosity and bring hope to other people who are beginning to wonder about their stories. Yeah. So good to be with you too, Candace. And I'll say it again. I'm glad you're my friend and I love you so very much. I love you so very much too, friend. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at CandaceShare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.